Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on social media at FPL General. Gimme 22 is in the books and it's a quick turnaround for Gimme 23 with a deadline on Saturday morning 11am UK time which is 90 minutes before Everton versus Tottenham kicks off. It, often in the past on a Friday I would wait until after the pressers to record this episode but I've started to record them first thing on a Friday morning just to get them out a bit earlier and let's face it managers don't tend to give us too much information on Friday afternoons anyway. In today's episode the run in order will be a quick review of how the troops performed midweek, a look at the player minutes, watch list gets updated, player stats have caught my eye, listener questions and I'll finish with captaincy and potential transfers for Gimme 23. Another tricky week for captaincy decisions and indeed transfers as well. We're kind of back to a normal FPL schedule now so after this episode we'll go back to the normal routine of Two podcasts a week, usually Monday and Friday. Next week, I think I'm going to wait until Tuesday because Manchester City play Monday evening. So I don't really want to record a podcast before that game is completed because we've got Haaland's, De Bruyne's, Foden's, Alvarez's, lots of interesting FPL assets. And of course, we're monitoring their minutes with each game that they play. So next week will be a Tuesday episode when the game week is finished and then a Friday episode to preview next weekend's action. quick look at how the team performed midweek I resisted the urge to buy De Bruyne or Haaland the on Tuesday it was a major fight to fend off the fear of missing out especially with Kevin De Bruyne in particular I was confident he would start I think he ended up getting about 1.7 million new owners which is absolutely insane for this stage of the season I think that might have been a new record in terms of transfers in in a single game week and of course he delivered but he didn't absolutely smash it out of the park so I resisted I rolled the transfer 
Captain Alvarez, which worked out very nicely indeed on his birthday. So we've got two frees for the weekends. Ended up on 64 points, which was a green arrow from 98k to 77k. So overall, if you offer me a top 50k at the end of any season nowadays with over 10 million players, I'm happy. So on course for that. And anything better than a top K, top 50k finish would be a bonus Absolutely no points from defence. Raya, Poro, Trent and Estupinen combined for four points in total. Already a little bit worried about Estupinen now after his half-time substitution. In midfield, Saka delivered. If I was going to get De Bruyne, Saka would have been the one to make way. So I'm glad I kept the faith in Saka and he repaid that with a 10-pointer. Foden came in with the assist and there was blanks for Cole Palmer in a difficult fixture. And Jared Bowen picked up a yellow card as well. So Bowen possibly on the chopping block with three blanks in a row as well. Up front, Captain Alvarez with 26, Watkins with 7 and Solanke with 8. So all three strikers deliver, which does not make future plans any easier to get Haaland back, to get players like Ivan Tony. Darwin Nunes is interesting with his 11 shots and hitting the woodwork four times if Liverpool get a double gaming 25. It's surprising that it hasn't been announced yet. It's getting slightly concerning that it hasn't been announced by the time you listen to this on Friday or Saturday morning, there may have been a Premier League announcement on that fixture. If there hasn't been, then it's looking less likely that we will get a double for Liverpool in Game 25. So keep an eye on that situation throughout Friday. Um, again, it was one of the reasons why I just banked a transfer. I wasn't ready just to com- ready to commit to players like Jota and Darwin until it's 100% confirmed that there is a double game. We can, of course... People predicting schedules, they are just predictions, as I mentioned last week. So we need to wait and see how that plays out. And hopefully we get some clarity before this weekend's deadline. A look at the player minutes now from midweek. Unfortunately, there is no new members joining the 59th Minute Club, but always a few notable mentions. Always good to keep an eye on the players of certain minutes. Billy Gilmore at Brighton, who's already in the 59th Minute Club, was the closest of all. He just about made it to 60 minutes to avoid a second shout-out of the season. Mentioned a stooping in earlier, off at half-time in that terrible Brighton performance for a zero-pointer, so that is concerning. I'm almost tempted to take the two clean sheets that I managed to get from him, uh, having brought him in on the Game Week 20 wildcard, and maybe just run to somewhere else already, despite Brighton having good fixtures. A player like Trippier comes to mind when Newcastle have a couple of good games coming up. We'll talk about that later. Elsewhere, in terms of minutes, at Burnley, we almost got a triple 59th minute substitution, but this went down as 58 minutes. Goodmanson, Foster and Amdouni. Pretty sure Amdouni's already in the club with Gilmore as well. Manchester City minutes, Kevin De Bruyne got 70. Erling Haaland got 19 from the bench. So very interesting to see what the minutes of those two are on Monday night. At Sheffield United... Brereton Diaz, who was on the score sheet, came off with an injury at half-time, but it sounds like he's going to be okay for the weekends. Isak went off injured again. That's three or four injuries this season. Seems to be a recurring issue. I think it's a groin problem. So Isak injured after 42 minutes. Wilson seems to be injured also, so we'll need to see what Newcastle do up front if both players miss out. I've seen them linked with uh, a few people suggesting they should go for Andy Carroll on transfer deadline day, which made me chuckle. We may see Anthony Gordon out of position, possibly up front. Not even sure that's good for his prospects, but Gordon certainly passed the eye test again midweek. Elsewhere, Liverpool, 
Frustratingly, Trent only got 22 minutes from the bench. The same went for Robertson. Both players coming back from injury. Trent should be okay now, though, in terms of starts. Even though Connor Bradley was fantastic at right back, I would expect Trent to go back in for the big game this weekend. And Jota on the score sheet, but did only play 67 minutes. That wouldn't concern me if you own him or if you're thinking about buying him. I still think Jota is a very good pick at the moment. A watch list update now. Players removed. First of all, Pascal Gross from Brighton. Been on the watch list for a wee while. Good fixtures, but Brighton just not performing at the moment. I think it's only three wins in their last 16. Very surprising stat. Pascal Gross, he's an okay FPL pick. If you have him, he's probably still fine to keep. Is he the most exciting prospect? Probably not. Are there better midfield options out there? At similar prices, I would probably say yes. Isak is gone as well because of his injury. And Chris Wood has also been removed because Awanyi is fit again and scored. Players added. Nathan Ake, Kyle Walker is already on the watch list. A lot of controversy over Kyle Walker in the most recent game week, which I won't get into. It's been well documented on Twitter. Ake added to the watch list now, given... You know, Walker was benched. I do think Walker will come back in and be nailed again. But Aki is an alternative for us to consider for Manchester City's double game week. Has been pretty secure recently in terms of minutes. And we know he is a big goal threat as well, which he's proved recently. So Aki added alongside Walker. Trippier added to the watch list as well. Owned them earlier in the season. The Newcastle fixtures improve now. They've got three good ones in particular coming up. I think they will be a better side now with a kinder schedule that there's no Champions League to worry about. So Trippier very much back on my mind. But I've also added his two teammates, Fabian Scher and Botman. I feel like there's three very good options in the Newcastle defence. You pay the premium for Trippier. You're hoping you're getting your bonus points on top of that and assists. Fabian Scher has always been a goal threat in his career. Scores two midweek. Could have had a hat-trick. Had a good chance, which was saved. And I think Scher's about 5.2. And then you go budget with Botman at 4.5, which I think is really good value as well. So it depended on what price suits you in the Newcastle defence. I think Botman, Fabian Scher and Trippier are all viable options for the next three game weeks and probably beyond that as well. So in my stupid in position, I'm eyeing up possibly one of these three picks. Michael Olise added to the watch list. Eze already on it previously. Two fantastic players. Both players will not be at Crystal Palace for long. Apologies to any Crystal Palace fans, but I'm sure you will agree on that. They're just too good and they can definitely play at the highest level. Both combined for a lot of FPL points uh, during the midweek game. Both did go off with injuries, but it sounds like they might be okay. So keep an eye on the pressers from Hodgson on Friday on that one. When those guys are fit, the Crystal Palace attack is pretty good. Madison added as well. Didn't expect him to start, but he did. I think he got about 87 minutes also. So he's fit and he's ready to play lots of minutes. Back on the watch list. Richardson already on the watch list and I do still prefer the out of position 
Richardson over Madison, but I'm sure at some point before the end of the season, Madison will be back in our teams. Just keep in mind, Tottenham do have that blank game week 26, so it might be worth waiting until afterwards to buy Tottenham players. But I've been saying it all along, if you think you can get points on the board beforehand, go ahead and do it. And we've seen that with Richardson scoring again mid-week. Final player added is Nkunku at Chelsea. Came off the bench and got himself on the score sheet. Hopefully now, second half of the season, he can keep himself fit. And it's another name to throw into the mix in the FPL forward position. We already have quite a few names emerging. And the usual suspects are still performing okay. So I think we will see a bit of divergence in FPL forward lines over the next couple of game weeks. So there's the watch list updated ahead of game week 23. A few stats now from game week 22 from the Fantasy Football Scout members area. Defenders, first of all, four chances created by Trippier, Zinchenko and Connor Bradley. So Trippier ticks the box here as someone I'm looking to possibly buy soon. Zinchenko, good chance creation numbers, but I still probably prefer Gabriel and Saliba for minutes. Gabriel for his goal threat in particular. Very impressive uh, full debut from Connor Bradley might not even have been his full debut but very good performance nonetheless I don't think it's going to be an issue for Trent but it's good for Klopp that he's got an option now could even play Trent in midfield from time to time Bradley don't get excited by him as an FPL prospect because he will not play every game Fabian Scher three shots in the box as mentioned could have had a hat-trick Alfie Doughty and Trippier both took seven corners each, so roots to points there for those two. Pedro Porro took four corners, and most importantly, James Madison took zero corners in that Tottenham game. So hopefully for Porro owners, that continues that Porro wins out over Madison for the majority of Tottenham corners. I think Kulisevsky took one, and Porro took four. Leon Bailey came off the bench for Aston Villa. And created five chances in 38 minutes. What a player this guy is. I tweeted during the game that Bailey needs to start every game. I think it did transpire that he had a slight niggle. And that's why he was on the bench. So still remains... Bailey's a funny one. He's a, he's an FPL pick that most people probably won't go near. Because he does get reduced minutes from time to time. But when he's on the pitch he can be an explosive differential. Odegaard, Saka... And Garnacho all created four chances each. So good to see that from Saka. Hopefully we see more of that from Odegaard as well. I've got Garnacho on my bench, so I'm happy to see him creating four chances despite getting a one-pointer. Madison created three chances for Spurs. Bukayo Saka had six shots, three of them from inside the box. So that's more of what we want to see from Bukayo. At Crystal Palace, Eze and Elise both had four goal attempts each. Richarlison and Madison also both had four goal attempts each, three of which were from inside the box. And when it comes to forwards, Timo Werner created three chances. Darwin Nunes had 11 goal attempts, hit the woodwork four times. Gabriel Jesus had six shots in the box. Very good numbers from Jesus, but I still find it hard to get excited by Jesus as an FPL prospect. Just doesn't score enough goals for me. 
Elsewhere, Ivan Tony five goal attempts, four of them from inside the box, and most importantly, Tony had four big chances in that game. So, Tony's got very tricky fixtures, but he does have the extra fixture because of Brentford's double game week. And again, I wouldn't let the fixtures put you off, even though he plays Manchester City twice. I think he can perform quite well for the long term. Ollie Watkins, four shots, three of them from inside the box, pretty standard there. And Julian Alvarez scored twice, but he did only have two shots in the game. So 100% conversion rate for the Argentine. There you have it, a few stats, which will hopefully help you with your decisions for the weekend. Before I get into the listener questions, a quick Patreon plug. A little bit different this week. Uh, what I'm doing is a free trial, basically, for any new subscribers to my Patreon. So anyone who signs up during the month of February for a monthly pledge will have their first payment refunded. And when you get refunded, you still have access for a month. So you can try it for a month. If you like it, you stay on. If you don't, you can cancel and you won't be charged anything. So you get iTest podcasts, live streams. There'll be a live stream on Friday nights, Q&As, team reveals and more. So check that out if you find it interesting patreon.com forward slash fpl general question time first one from fpl brooklyn what did you think of Haaland's bench appearance he seemed off it but he's a robot do you think he's back to normal this week or will it take a few game weeks to get back up to being worth the money for us fpl managers so not reading too much into a very short cameo appearance there was one very funny goal attempt where it hit his right foot first and then his left and it was a comical moment I think likes of De Bruyne and Cole on the bench had a good laugh at that one but this is Erling Haaland I don't expect it to take him too long to get up to speed and but the question is does he start uh, the good thing for Haaland is the game's not until mon- Monday so there's extra time to prepare and recover and get back to full fitness I always keep going back to what Pep said though last week uh, right at the end of his presser when he was talking about Haaland basically he said step by step so that tells me they could be careful with him you know we got 20 minutes uh, midweek maybe it's 45 or 60 on Monday and then they build it up to 90 so again impossible to try and guess what Pep is going to do and he's obviously been guided here by the medical team um, so it's really tricky for those who already own Erling Haaland obviously you're fine you keep him and you play him those of us who don't have him and have been saving the pennies for a long time to bring him back I still don't think it's a straight straightforward choice to buy him for this game week because if you're selling a Solanke a Watkins and Alvarez even a Darwin who might have a double game week, and Ivan Tony who's performing very well. It's very hard to lose a performing player who you know is definitely going to play probably 90 minutes. Maybe not in Alvarez's case, but you know he has been getting a lot of minutes. So I think, obviously I'll see what Pep says on Friday, and we'll see if there's any information before the deadline, but probably not because the game's not until Monday. I'm leaning towards not getting them back, just yet, maybe waiting until game week 24. So given Alvarez, I tweeted before the City game midweek, one last dance, Julian. But he might actually dance again in game week 23 because he performed well. He's probably going to get a decent amount of minutes. So it feels wrong to get rid of him just yet. The problem is captaincy again. If you don't have Haaland, it obviously yeah, makes it a wee bit trickier to pick a captain. Uh, I got it right midweek, but it's 
very hard to get it right twice when you don't have the main man. So I'm not too concerned about his performance. Still could go there with a transfer before the deadline. But leaning towards maybe waiting one more week and just hoping that he doesn't do too much damage. Question from Ruslan. Alvarez to Haaland's. Money's not an issue, but it's hard to sell an asset to just score a brace. Yeah, exactly what I said. I've always been a manager who tends to just stick with players who are performing well for me. Alvarez was very frustrating for a long time. He's been in my team for a long time. But in recent game weeks, he's kind of I've warmed to him a lot more. And of course, that's going to happen when he gets you points, especially as a captain. So I feel like just because Haaland's back and just because De Bruyne is back, it will obviously affect Alvarez's minutes in some way. But it, I also wouldn't be surprised if it's not too significant. You know, Pep has been playing Alvarez all season. Seems to be one of the first names on the team sheet. And that could continue. He might just find a home for Alvarez in the team, regardless of who else is on the pitch. So, and I still expect De Bruyne's minutes to be managed anyway. So, Alvarez is quite versatile. He can play in a few different positions. So, yeah, he might he might stay. And I also haven't ruled out keeping him when I get Haaland back. The plan was always Alvarez to Haaland. But maybe it could be a Watkins or a Solanke to Haaland instead this week or next week. And then that gives me Foden, Alvarez, Haaland for the Manchester City double game week. So that sounds pretty good to me as well. It means no De Bruyne, but I'm not too concerned about De Bruyne. I've kind of made peace that I probably won't go there. I just I think that price tag makes things tricky for other transfers in the future. Question from Bobby Dazzler. Sell Haaland for A. Alvarez, B. Watkins or C. Solanke who all scored this game week. So yeah, exactly the same strike force that I have and probably one of the most popular front threes in recent times. At the moment, like I said, I'm leaning towards keeping all three. Alvarez, Watkins, Solanke for this game week because again, they've all good good fixtures and I think Alvarez gets a decent amount of minutes. At least as much as Haaland, maybe even more. So, makes no sense to me to sell these guys when they're performing well. So maybe just buy another week of information and then get Haaland back the following week, which I think is Everton for a captaincy. When we when we'll by that stage be more confident that he plays ninety. Uh, the question then is, do you sell Alvarez, Watkins, or Solanke? I think if we do keep Alvarez for one more week, we're getting closer to the Man City double game week, so we probably just hold them right through then. So then it's a question of do you sell Watkins or Solanke? Uh, and it's just monitoring those two game week by game week. I think if I was forced to do it this week, I would probably lose Watkins. A couple of reasons. He's more expensive, so it frees up a lot more cash. And he doesn't have penalties like Solanke does. Um, Solanke created quite a few chances uh, midweek as well when I was watching that game. Semenyo missed a very good one. And there's a couple of others as well. So I'm, I'm quite high on Solanke at the moment. Probably higher on him than I am Ollie Watkins. So Watkins has been there from game week one. But it's it's definitely not a sure thing that he'll still be there all season. So Alvarez, Haaland and Solanke could be the front three I end up with. And even then, I'll still want Tony. And I, even though Darwin's a very you know painful player to own for a lot of managers, I'm seeing a lot of things that I like about Darwin. Any player that gets 11 goal attempts in one game is something you've got to think about buying. So Darwin could end up coming in if Liverpool get that double game week as well. So we've gone from a point where maybe a few weeks ago strikers went very interesting to now where we've got not enough forward spots for all the good forwards that are available. Question from Stephen Curtis. What are your thoughts on Watkins to Ivan Tony? So again, if you look at these two in isolation, 
Tony has an extra fixture and he plays in game week 29. Definitely plays in game week 29. We don't know that about Watkins yet. It will depend on the FA Cup replay with Chelsea. Watkins fixtures in the next five game weeks are Sheffield United, Manchester United, Fulham, Nottingham Forest, Luton. Very good looking at that, which makes it very hard to sell Watkins. Tony has Man City, Wolves, Liverpool, Man City again, West Ham and Chelsea. So I think it's a close call. You get the extra fixture from Tony, but then Watkins has the extra fixtures. But then Tony has the penalties, Watkins doesn't. So I don't mind that transfer. I don't mind Watkins to Tony. If you think Tony does well in these bigger fixtures, if you want him for the double game week, and he, you've got a player there for game week 29, which might mean you don't need to free hit in that game week. So I'm probably not going to do it yet, but I might end up doing Watkins to Tony at some point before the double question from sebastian what to do with jared bowen two difficult fixtures coming up and other midfielders are outperforming him yeah i think i had bowen earlier in the season and then i got rid of him and then i brought him back in on the game 20 wildcard and he's blanked in each of the three fixtures since um i think i remember getting rid of anthony gordon on the wildcard and he's performed quite well in, in the meantime so probably should have just stuck with Gordon and not went back to Bowen but I was always going to go Bowen because he had the fixtures three blanks for Bowen were against Bournemouth, Sheffield United and Brighton that is not what you want to read or hear the next two fixtures for West Ham are Manchester United away and Arsenal at home so off the back of three blanks two difficult fixtures on paper coming up West Ham not great against Bournemouth on Wednesday night Thursday night sorry I'm open to sell them uh, because as Sebastian says, there is other midfielders out there outperforming them at similar prices, even cheaper prices. And also, if you can get to a De Bruyne or a Foden, you know, Manchester City assets probably should still be the priority when it comes to transfers because they've got that double coming up. I think it's it's a no-brainer probably to go from a Bowen to a Manchester City midfielder. So it probably won't be a midfielder for me if I sell Bowen, but you know, plenty of players on the watch list who are attractive. Question from Ryan. If we want to bring in Gordon for Newcastle's great up, upcoming run, who's the better asset to sell? An underperforming gross or a deep-lying Douglas Louise? So certainly understand the desire to bring in Gordon. I think that's a good idea on his recent performances and the three fixtures coming up. Who would you sell, gross or Douglas Louise? Very similar assets in my mind, but I think I would lose gross before I would sell Douglas Louise. Both players have plenty of routes to points. Douglas Louise probably wins out on the penalty factor because Joe Pedro's been taking them for Brighton. Uh, he does have an injury flag at the moment, so maybe if he was out, Gross would step up again. But for me, better performing team is probably Aston Villa at the moment as well. Uh, neither team are firing on all cylinders, but... Douglas Louise, I like more than Gross. I removed Gross from the watch list and Douglas Louise is still on it. So that gives you my answer. Question from Eric. Feels like another game week where, the, where there will be no clear standout captain. Am I crazy for thinking about bringing in Gordon for the armband? I don't think that's crazy because Newcastle are at home to Luton. But we probably do need to reevaluate Luton. They're a much better side than they were in the early part of the season. Very impressive 4-0 victory against Brighton and a clean sheet. So Gordon, I really like as an FPL pick. I think he's looked really good in the last three or four games when I didn't own him. 
I do slightly worry though if there's no striker, if Wilson and Isak both get ruled out, I don't necessarily l- love the idea of Gordon going through the middle. I'd rather him stay on the left and have a, a target man to play off uh, for those little one-twos and stuff. So he's Gordon's up there as a captaincy candidate and I probably wouldn't stop anyone from doing it. But I also find it hard to captain a player that doesn't have other avenues to point. It's got to be open play goals. You know, he doesn't have doesn't have set pieces or penalties or anything like that. Um, although maybe he does take a penalty if Isak and Wilson are not there, but could be someone else also. So Gordon, a good player to buy, but I don't think I would go as far as captain. Question from Malk. Ben Brereton-Diaz or Ross Barkley? So I presume thinking about buying one or the other. Diaz sounds like he's going to be okay after that injury scare. Barkley's been absolutely fantastic for Luton this season. Every time I watch him, he just looks superb. Such a common influence, so good on the ball. Very often makes the right decision with his passes in the final third, which is maybe something he didn't always do in his career. Really good signing and a big part of their success in recent times. FPL-wise, though, Brereton Diaz, to me, is kind of a feels like an out-of-position midfielder who plays quite advanced and is a goal scorer. So I would go Brereton Diaz as an FPL pick over Ross Barkley. Question from Ishank. Which defender to look for for the next three or four game weeks for a price of 4.6 or below? So two names come to mind here. I mentioned one of them earlier, Botman at Newcastle. If you've only got 4.6 to spend, Botman has good fixtures coming up and could be a long-term pick in your squad as a third slash fourth defender. And you've also got Consa at Aston Villa, who I still like. They've got good fixtures as well. Moving on to the captaincy for Game Week 23, another tricky week. Again, it's good for the game. It was great to see a bit of a variety of captains for Game Week 22. And I think we'll probably see the same again for Game Week 23. Some people will captain Haaland, for example. Some people will just play him. Some people won't buy him. You could probably say the same about Kevin De Bruyne. The Manchester City game Monday night, so it's always attractive to have your captain in the last game of the Game Week because the hope you've got that hope all weekend if everything else fails you've still got your captain to play away to Brentford don't necessarily love that fixture and it's very hard to predict minutes elsewhere Arsenal play Liverpool so I'm probably swerving that game for the captaincy which I usually do if they're quite hard to predict when the big teams play each other good options elsewhere Cole Palmer's at home to Wolves I like that Solanke I really like at home to Nottingham Forest I could end up there myself Watkins is away to Sheffield United again another decent captaincy candidate Richarlison away to his former club Everton that is the first game of the game week and Gordon who we mentioned is at home to Luton now if either striker Wilson or Isak get past fit they come into the captaincy conversation versus Luton as well for me Without having given it too much thought yet, it's probably a Manchester City captain. Do I go Alvarez again if I keep him against Brentford? If I get Haaland, do I go with him? Or I'm probably not going to captain Foden. If I win Alvarez over Foden, give me 22. I'm going to do the same again if it's the same decision. But... Solanke I think has a very good chance of getting my armband. He's having such a good season. Really good underlying numbers. Confidence is high. And I really like the fixture at home to Nottingham Forest. So Solanke, at the moment, probably winning the race for the armband. The If anyone's going to take it off him, it's probably going to be a an Alvarez or an Erling Haaland if he comes in. 
In terms of transfer thoughts, I've got two frees. I've got nine million in the bank and I got absolutely no idea what to do. I would love to be able to record this and tell you exactly what my plans are. But I'm sure a lot of you listening this week are in the same position, whether you've got one transfer or two transfers. It's very, very hard to know which way to go these days with with, with transfer decisions. There's a lot of options out there. There's double game weeks coming up. There's you know blanking weeks in the back of our mind as well to get players in for. So looking at the squads, I could sell a striker for Erling Haaland. I could sell any striker. Alvarez, Solanke or Watkins. Probably not going to sell Solanke though if I'm talking about him as a strong captaincy candidate. I could get De Bruyne for Jared Bowen. You know, the, the cash is there. But does that make things trickier later? I think it probably does make it harder for me to get Erling Haaland in one transfer then and give me 24. Uh, we're waiting We're waiting on a, on a Liverpool double gimmick announcement. If that was to come on Friday, for example, that might change my plans because then Bowen to Jota is probably a no-brainer, even though Jota doesn't have the best fixture this game week. So Bowen to Jota is definitely on the cards only if the double game week gets announced. Darwin Nunes is another option, but I'm probably going to prioritise getting Haaland back up front before I get a Darwin. Ivan Tony's probably ahead of Darwin in my thoughts as well. Uh, but again, once a double game week gets announced, or if it gets announced, that can change my thinking on Darwin and maybe he goes goes to number one priority. Elsewhere in defence, like I said, I'm not feeling fantastic about Stupinen's prospects. I'm slightly worried about his minutes. And let's face it, I got two clean sheets from him and I might never get another one. So Stupinen could go for most likely a Newcastle defender. I could go for a City defender, but I'm probably going to end up on Triple City attack instead. So Trippier, Fabian Scher or Botman. If I do Stupinen to Trippier, I'll need to have a look uh, how that will impact other transfers for example can I still get Haaland can I still get Jota if there's double game week and all that kind of stuff so lots to chew on Friday night and Saturday morning I hope this episode helped you thank you for taking the time to listen have a great weekend and I'll talk to you again on Tuesday after the Manchester City game on Monday if you're not interested in the Patreon stuff you can buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL general. If you do so, I will send you a invite to my FPL Discord server. And just a reminder, free trial on the Patreon for February. If you sign up to a monthly pledge, you will be refunded. Any questions about that, just send me a DM on X. Talk to you soon, folks. Have a good one. Podcast Network.